Um, I want to share something with you today. God laid on my heart about ministry. I'm just assuming that is a part of your reasoning to come here. It may not be, well, you'll find out, a pastor, missionary, there's all of that. But uh, maybe there's something else that God has in terms of ministry for you. But I'm assuming you're here because you're looking for God's will as well. Say that five times. God's will as well, God's will as well, God's will as well, God's will as well. Because uh, we don't have many people that are going to school that are 45 and 55 and 65 and 75. You guys are young, vivacious, just starting out in life. You got big plans. You're, you know, you're, you're just filled with energy and, and to hear from God. But you want God's will, right? You want to flow in God's will. I've got something for you today. Hey, ladies, how you doing? I tell you, <laughs> the notorious ones. <laughs> it is so good to have you. Raise your hand if you're a new student. Let's give him an applause, will you? Is that cool? What a blessing to have you with us. Man, I'm telling you what. As each year goes, my wife was saying, well, I'm just getting hard to remember the names. You know, part of it has to do is getting, you know, we're getting more students as time goes on. And, uh, and it's partly because I'm, I'm old. <laughs> There's a lot, of, a lot of students to remember. So, um, Gabe, you got my PowerPoint, I'm assuming? Oh, here you go. Yeah, you did. You got my PowerPoint? Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm going to give you some truth, okay? How many like to have a little truth thrown at them? Let me pray first. Father, bless this word to the ears of the listeners and explode it in Jesus' name. Amen. Sister Sylvia, we have missed you. I'm telling you what. You are one powerful woman of God. You know, it's almost we miss your presence around here. You just, mm, you got to come and break garlic with me one day, okay? You got to do that. I just got to, you know, eat some garlic. That'll cure all of your ails, by the way. Keeps mosquitoes away, flies, crickets, and small children. All of those things. <laughs> it's just, it's awesome in its proper time. You didn't bring yourself here to Elam. God led you by his Holy Spirit into and on this campus. And he led you here for two things. Actually, a few things. But he led you here for purpose and for a plan in your life. You're not to be purposeless. God has something for you, and I'm not kidding. Some of you, you're a little, maybe be a little insecure. You go, I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm just, this is all new to me. I don't know, I'm just kind of feeling it out to find out whether this is my place or not. Buckle up. I got something for you, all right? And that plan is uh, to train you for the ministry in some form. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. In some form, you are here to be trained for the ministry. Well, I wasn't necessarily planning on being a pastor or a missionary. I said, you're being trained for the ministry. Even as much as that is a tremendous calling of God, God may be calling you to something else, but you're still in the ministry of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through the power of his Holy Spirit. No matter what you do, 
And his plan is to influence the whole sphere of the world that Christ has put you in through his Holy Spirit. He wants to, he wants to influence every square inch of you now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, and 150 years from now. Who knows what technology, who wants to live to be 150 years old? My gosh, I don't know what that's going to be like, but you know, can't be real comfortable. Pick me up, pick me up, would you please turn me to the left? There you go, that's good. Uh, take the left leg, put it up, there you go, put it down too. Ah, you broke it, that's bad. So, when God does his work, when God begins to move, he does it in three ways. Number one, he uses his people. That's you. That's the first thing he does. And the second thing he does, he prepares his people. Aren't you glad if you had to have an operation that the doctor had some preparation in school before he did it? Well, I'm going to cut you open. We're going to try to take this thing out. It looks like it doesn't look good, but I think, I think you know, if we get it out, it's good. How many years of medical school have you had? I've had six months, but I have this part that I know, so I can cut you. I don't know about the rest, but I can get in there. I don't think you'd be real secure about that. And number three, he wants his people to be in a state of preparedness to be used by him. That, again, is you. That is why you are here. It didn't just happen. You could have gone to any college or no college at all. You didn't have to be here. But here you are. And it is so good to see some of the guys and gals back that thought you weren't coming back. I could drop some names, but I'm telling you, it's awesome. When I see your face, you're back again. It's the second coming. (laughs) Here you are. What a blessing. He wants you to be in a state of preparedness. Text, I want to share with you something out of Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And it says this, in my former book, Theopolis, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After suffering, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them a command. Now, check it out. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Do not leave Jerusalem. Can I simply add, I'm going to take a little liberty here. Do not leave Elam before your time. Okay? There is a promise And there is an impartation of God's Holy Spirit that he has for you here. You're not going to be here all your life. In theory. In theory, Brother Stacy. (laughs) Some, Some very few have that call. But you're going to go places. But this is an amazing and a wonderful and a very 
meaningful time in your life. He said, um, for John, baptizes with water, but in a few days you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, this something, something begins to happen here, and that is in verses 12 through 14, we see uh, the apostle, we see the apostles going back up to the upper room, okay? So, all of a sudden, we see all these apostles, probably the upper room where they had the Last Supper, and they're taking uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, with them. They're taking the brothers of Jesus with them, and so they're going up into the upper room, and then they say this. When they're up there, they, go, they all join together consistently in prayer, doing stuff, doing work, preparing for something they didn't even know what's going to happen at this point. Just the Holy Spirit. It sounds exciting. And anything Jesus did sounds like we're just waiting, we're anticipating it, preparing, getting ready for. Catch that. Preparing, getting ready for. Getting ready for what? Verse 8, the call. The call. Acts chapter 1-8, and it says, but you will receive power or dunamos, which where where we get our word dynamite. We've heard that. <clears throat> when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, or in some cases martyrs, of which many of them were. Or another version says, you will be my record. They will read you, and when they see you, they will see me. When they see you, they will see him. Can someone just go, whoop, glory. When they see you, you are a record of who Jesus is, so therefore, they will see him. You resonate who he is. This is awesome stuff. Put him in. Put him in. This is good stuff against the enemy. And that means everywhere you are and in anything you do in life, God is going to be there. Wherever he is and wherever you are. Well, that means I've got to be on the mission field. Well, that would be a tremendous call. I mean, not necessarily. So I've got to be a pastor. And so that means I've got to do that. Well, not necessarily. It's a tremendous call. We need pastors, but not necessarily. Some of you will be pastors, and some of you will be missionaries, and some of you will be evangelists, and God knows we need some evangelists today. We do. I was that for a little while here at Elam, you know, years and years ago. Uh, it's just, I mean, you don't have to sit there and sling slobber like me, but the fact is, it doesn't make any difference. An evangelist is a proclaimer of the Word of God. Very, very forceful. So you might not be a pastor, you might not be a missionary, you might be a business person. We're going to be offering a business degree, hopefully, very soon. We're in the works for that. We're preparing for that. By the grace of God, we're going to have that. Eventually, we're also believing God for a counseling, our social work uh, bachelors. You might, be a, you might be a counselor. I've talked with some of you. Some of you are really primed to be a counselor. As a therapist myself, some of you really have it. It could be that you're going to be an architect. You're going to design stuff, build stuff. We had some money, and look, take a look at Spencer uh, for us, engineering uh, architects, and uh, they came, and they did all this, stayed a few days, and just did all, everything, because we're hoping to get this thing uh, redone, and uh, thousands of dollars were given to us because they didn't charge us a dime. But we could not and cannot rebuild that place without architects. 
Maybe it's going to be an architect that you're going to be. Maybe a tradesperson, maybe carpentry, maybe plumbing, maybe, maybe electrical, or boy, do we need them now. <laughs> we need them so bad. Maybe in healthcare, maybe you'll be a doctor, a nurse, something else. Maybe technology. I don't know what it is. But in your sphere of the world, God wants you to begin to prepare. And to do that is what you made, what you're going to do. But to prepare for it now is what is your responsibility. So first, you're here to prepare. And second, you're there to then move into your ministry. Are you ready to be prepared? I will if it doesn't hurt. Now, he's not going to slap you around. He loves you. Are you ready for anything God has for you? We say it, oh, God, God, whatever. Just do it. I know you're sincere, but when sometimes when it happens, you go, but that, Lord? <laughs> that? I was kind of hoping that it would be that. But then he puts it in your heart to take that because that's what he's leading you into. The apostle had to prepare for all of what God had for him and uh, what he was taking him into. There was a preparation time with Paul before there was a commission. There was a preparation time for this great apostle before there was an outcome of something wonderful that God was putting in his life. And let me give you a little illustration. I grew up, I grew up in Baltimore. And uh, I was a little kid. My, my family, my father's side was from Italy. My uncle had a grocery market, a little grocery market in Baltimore City. They didn't have all the big grocery markets now. We just didn't have them then. And, uh, but there's a lot of these little markets around. My, grand, my uncle had one of them. And we would go every single Saturday because my nonna, who was, that's Italian for grandmother, my nonna spoke very little English. And she would, every Saturday, we knew we'd be eating some good Italiano food. And she would, you could smell it. We would, we would park on the other side of the street in Baltimore near this Presbyterian church. And as we're walking across the street, ah, we caught it in the air. It was like, it was that smell, that thing that kind of reached out and grabbed you and said, I've got something in that place that you're going to eat a lot of manja on and you're going to like it. I could smell it before I ate it. Wasn't quite as filling, but it was something that was leading, it was preparing me with all of the juices in my mouth. I'm going, God, I want some of that. And so she would put that thing on the spaghetti sauce. She would make it, you see, with her own stuff. It would be simmering for four or five hours, sometimes six, on a very slow simmer, it's ever so slow. And every once in a while, I remember, I, remember, I don't know whether I told you this, honey, every once, I remember twice, at least once, that I would turn the burner up because I'm wanting it to take on. I wanted it about, oh, a half an hour. And my grandmother saw me turn, hey, hey, stop, stop. And I go, oh, I'm still just checking the, checking the gas, Nona, just checking the gas. <laughs> just making sure, and then she began to talk and tell you how it take, has to take time. Everything, anything worth having takes time. And so, um, you know, I'm She's preparing the whole thing for the family. And then uh, she, she, you know, in a little teeny yard in the back of Baltimore, she, she, she had her own, just a little teeny yard. I mean, a little yard. She had tomatoes. She grew her own tomatoes, like she did in Italy. She just, she grew those things. She made the sauce from her own tomatoes. 
She made her own tomato paste, and she put that in there. And after she did that and she stirred it, then it was the celebration of the spices. I'm caught up in the moment. Hold on. (laughs) The celebration of the spices. Wow. Take out the oregano, kind of. You put it in your hand and you crush it. She put it in my hand, crushed it in here. Here we go. Hey, she, hey, and I'd go away. I'd go some, hey, 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 I'm on now. Let's go. Come on back here. You take it, crush it, put some more oregano in it, and then some extra virgin olive oil. First cold pressing. Do not accept anything other than the real thing. <laughs> extra virgin olive oil, cold pressing. First one. Two. She puts a little of that in here and a little in the corner, a little on the other side, and she's just stirring it up a little bit. And then there's a little dash of salt, and she begins to put the pepper, and then uh, the parsley. She's just crushing. Come on, put it in, crush it, put it in. I'm putting it in. Oh, God, please let her hurry up. Let this thing happen quickly. I'm just, you know, my slouch is coming all down my face and on my shirt and everything. God, no, no, I want, I want to eat. And then, and then after all of that, she put just a dash of chili. And then, and then. What do you think she put in? Glory to God! The diced garlic. Another amazing, wonderful, fabulous experience. And she would dice it, and she'd give a little to me, and I'd put it in my mouth, and she's the one that got me hooked on this. And then you put a little more, and I got it. And, she, and so all of a sudden, I thought, this is pretty good diced. I say, you know, more, 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 more. And she put more and more on it. And she may always sometimes made a little bit more for me and put a bunch of garlic in it. The marching of the, the minced garlic into the pot. Smell it. Italian cologne. That's what that is. And then she, a little dash of red wine. And then the Parmigiano cheese afterwards. It was like, it was a presentation for celebration. And she had made her own bread, and she cooked it. It was hot. It was nice. It was soft with a nice crust on it. She pulled it out. She cut it, put some butter on it, on that warm bread. You hungry, huh? (laughs) And she put that on that. Kyle, and you're going to have this kind of a meal when you come up there. We're going to have this. And then you start eating that thing, and it was just delicious. You see, uh, there's, a present, there's a preparation before there's an outcome. Now, you saw I'm all giddy about it, but I'm telling you, the same thing can happen with God. When you're in his will and you're flowing in his will, even through difficult times, he's preparing you in the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, when you're up, you're down, when you're vertical, when you're not. He is preparing you he is making you for the thing and the influence that he is sending you in the world for whatever that is that's the reason you're here at Elam. this is your preparation moment the best preparation for god's work get it the best preparation for god's work tomorrow is doing today's work well I want tomorrow, I wanted that thing real quick. I wanted the, you know, the, 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 the spaghetti sauce. But it wasn't done. It wouldn't have tasted right. But the best preparation for God's work tomorrow is doing God's work well. The enemy will try everything he can to destroy your destiny. That's what he's going to try to do. All kinds of stuff. Play with your head. It's what he does. 
But God won't let that happen. If you stand and press in and put your face forward and believe God through it all, that's what he does. He counters anything that the enemy can give you. So if all of a sudden don't, 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 don't you know, connect with the enemy's lies, well, it's hard, it's hard adjusting here. And so I don't know I don't, whether I don't think I'm really comfortable. Do you think it's hard adjusting here? Wait till you get out there. You need this to adjust well out there. I feel anxious, which can be a real thing with people. I feel anxious, and, 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 and I find that I can't be, hold on, hold on. I'm not comfortable. I'm, I'm lonely. I'm, I'm not with my friends and, and my, my surroundings. I just kind of don't feel I fit in. The work is too hard. Anything worth having is worth working for. You're not going to all make straight A's. I'd like to tell you that I did when I was here. Not. Do not talk. I don't know whether Sister Denude is here or not. Do not talk to her about me <laughs> in my time here. I don't like my roommate. You only been with your roommate for 48 hours. How long? How bad can it get? Well, there's some indications that, you know, she or he's a little controlling or telling me what to do. And I don't know that I'm really, you know. <laughs> I don't like getting up early. My time is normally between 11.30 and 12 o'clock. If somehow the class in Elam could arrange that, please, for me, I would personally appreciate it. And if there's any way that perhaps someone can bring me breakfast, I'm not going to eat that, but lunch I will, that would be wonderful. I miss my dog. How do you miss your dog? I miss my dog. But you just told her your dog's been dead for three years. Oh, but I miss the memory because I remember seeing little spots sit in that corner. And I need that corner because it just brings back memories to me. I like my privacy, or if you're from England, privacy. Don't let the enemy mess you up with that kind of stuff. I mean, it's going to happen to some degree. He's going to try everything he can to put you out and get you out of the ministry, get you out of here, to kind of fool with your life. Paul uh, had this prep. He had this preparation. I'm going to go through this kind of quick with you. Paul had this conversion spirit experience in Acts chapter 9. You know the story. He is uh, struck on the road to Damascus. He goes blind. Uh, God tells Ananias, you know, you got to bring this guy in. He didn't want to do it because he said, you know, Paul's crazy. He is persecuting people. You, you, God, you can't be serious, but I am serious. So the, the scales come off. Paul comes to the Lord, and for a few days there, he goes nuts. He goes preaching nuts. He's preaching. He's going, he's like, he's got maybe a lot of zeal, but no wisdom. He's doing stuff. He is like powered. And so he's done so much, they had to kind of let him down with a, with a basket to get him out of town, you know, because he was just, he was on fire. Then Paul tells this whole preparation for his ministry in Galatians chapter 1, verses 17 to 18. That's Galatians 1, 17 to 18. It doesn't have it here, but listen, he said, uh, he just gives you a little glimpse. He said, I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went to Arabia, and then later I went to Damascus. So I didn't go up to see the apostles first. What I did was they shoved me in Arabia. And then he goes on to say, then after three years, so he's giving you an indication here. After three years, I went up to Jerusalem, and I inquired with Cephas, or Peter, and I spent 15 days with him. 
There's preparation in Paul's life going on. It's amazing. Apostle Paul, the apostle, whoever one of you guys or gals. You, you see, the book of Acts is the only book that is not finished. There's no period at the end of the sentence. You are continuing to be the book of Acts until Jesus comes. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. Praise God. You're part of it. Paul moved from, there's three things here. Paul moved from preparation to, number one, realization, which means I know what my call is. I know what it is. You're going to get that here. I know what my call is. It finally came to me because some people I've talked with, and they go, I don't know what God's going to tell me. I'm not sure. He's going to tell you. You hold up. You buckle up. I'm telling you. You're going to hear from God eventually. He's going to tell you. Then there's a realization of your calling, and then there is an activation. Now I'm being involved in the thing that God has called me to, and then there is accumulation, winning souls to Christ. But there's first the preparation for those three things to happen. But it begins right there. In this place, this moment, this hour, this season, for you, thousands and thousands of people have come through this place, these oak walls, these oak beams, people over there in the peanut gallery, all those guys and gals over there, and some of them around here, they've gone through these places. They were just where you are. And now God has placed them in their callings. He's going to do the same for you. This is your exciting hour. You want to go camping? That's kind of a rhetorical question. But you want to go camping, so you go, I want to go camping. Where did you go? Hey, look, he just got in his car and he left, and now he's in the woods somewhere. He wanted to go camping. Hey, did you bring any water, by the way? No! How, about some, how long are you staying? I'm going to stay here for about five, six days. Any matches maybe to build a fire? No! I didn't do that either. How about some food? Nah. Flashlight, nah. How about a lantern? Nah, I didn't get that either. Uh, compass didn't do it. Pa- pocket knife, I, I don't need one. You know, um, sleeping bags, coffee. How many drink it? Come on. Oh, pony up. I, I, drink, I drink coffee. Batteries, no. So if you don't prepare, what you're going to be doing is you're going to have two sticks trying to make a fire, eating some bugs and some worms or something. You've got to prepare to do the thing that you need to do in order to achieve what God has for you in this particular case. To be prepared is only half the victory. Brother Dick, you can bring them up. Is only half the victory. Preparation is the ingredient for victory. You prepare, that's half of it. That leads you to the place of victory that God is placing you in. There's a solution. I want to make this statement. The solution, check it out, the solution is Christ. The plan is preparing for the solution. Did you get that? The solution is Christ, the ministry, all that God wants to do in you. And the plan is preparing you to coincide and connect with that solution which is Christ. I want you to stand to your feet. Could you please? Oh, what an amazing thing. Young men and women, 
who have come to hear the voice of God and be prepared for whatever it is that God is calling you to.